Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Healthcare premiums through the roof. So much to think about when it comes to healthcare. Who do you talk to? Where do you go next? Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now with host Mark Chea, Larry Jones, and from Orlando Medical News, John Kelly. And now let's head into the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now, and thanks for joining us this afternoon. I hope everybody had a, a great 4th of July recovery week. I know, hope so, too. They have yeah. the Monday off. That was right. a little uh, the July 5th thing. That was a little odd, but uh, right. a short right. a short week's always great. Yep. Well, I'm here with Larry Jones. This is Dr. Mark, and we are going to talk to you guys about healthcare as usual. Absolutely. I tell you, let's jump into sort of a little bit of a vaccine talk, and I'll, I'll warn the listeners right now that we've got a lot to talk about with vaccines. We were sort of thinking we had less to talk about. But on uh, June 23rd, mm-hmm. uh, the FDA deputy director did come out and say they were going to add a warning to the Pfizer and the Moderna yes. vaccinations saw that. regarding the pericarditis, myocarditis seen in, in teens. Um, and they were saying, you know, this is, this is going to be a, a possible side effect. Now, right. they also temper this by saying it's something that people recover from with no treatment or minimal treatment. Um, it hasn't been widespread. Uh, but it, it it is an interesting thing, and we've been talking about it for weeks now. Uh, but but like any med, right? And this is now you know an approved medication. We've got to talk about all the possible right. side effects, whether it's headaches, diarrhea, right. you know, whatever whatever the possibilities are. But this does seem to be an interesting yeah. one. Well, you know, myocarditis is uh, manifest as chest pain, right? But according to the uh, information, it's a mild. Under young younger males, normally after their second dose, right. And so, interestingly, this was also something that has been seen not infrequently in teenagers who got COVID nineteen, who got the virus, right, right. 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 And so they would have a they would get the virus and have a pretty low level Mm -hmm. experience with the actual Mm -hmm. infection, and then weeks later come back with some chest pain. Right. Uh, and, and I remember when my my 16 year old had mm-hmm. had it, and right. we were I asked him every couple of weeks, like you know, you're, he's playing soccer. Do you have have any pain? Right. That kind of thing. And so then it brings me to the next mm-hmm. question: is we're seeing studies being done on younger than than 12 now, right? And they're doing a dosing regimen change where they're giving less volume. But of I don't the think MRI anything's vaccine. been approved under 12 no, yet. Not correct. yet. No, yeah, correct. Right, the, so right. these are these are just studies. Right. So I actually reached out to a pediatric infectious disease friend of mine and mm-hmm. asked him about that. So I okay. asked, was this dosing change because we're they're saving product or is it right. a dose like another kind of drug where you don't want to get too much of it? Milder for the kids. Right. Yeah. And because and okay. this isn't like taking uh, an aspirin. This is actually an mRNA. It's, it's exactly. working with our immune system. Right. And so his response ties into this pericarditis, endocarditis. I'm sorry, uh, myocarditis. Myocarditis. Yeah. Yeah. So his response was, the, the thought pattern here is that the immune systems in these age groups tends to be more revved up mm-hmm. and that their responses to these, these vaccines can be more of a, a pushback response, and that's why we're seeing right. some of these things. Okay, and so that that made sense to me, and so they figured that they might as well lower the amount of exposure to the mRNA, right. and sort of balance that out. Okay, and that also ties into those rare cases of this inflammatory process that we saw in the yep. very young, right. uh, that was very serious that 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 they're exposed to 
the virus mm-hmm. and their body responds in such an aggressive manner and pushes back that, that they're really right. seeing some a reaction right. that we're not seeing right. elsewhere. Well, even though they came out with the uh, advisory on the Pfizer and Moderna, they also, when they indicated they were reaffirming the safety and the effectiveness, right. and when you and they talk about extremely rare, to date there have been twenty two hundred and twenty six cases out of twenty six million right. vaccinations. Right, exactly. That exactly. you can't even measure right. that. Right, and it's and, so I, and it's and yep. it's very important to say that when yep. when the FD or I'm sorry when the CDC or 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 when the FDA puts a tagline on a medication, it's anything that happens more with it. Than with a placebo, exactly, is something that has to be listed. Exactly. So, I, and I think that's the the piece with the news. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Our our stance, you know, mm-hmm. as individuals, are well, it's we're, about we're, we're public supportive. health and prevention, right? I mean, so, so we want we we kind of shake every time there's a negative thing, but but we want people to understand what they're getting into, right? But there is a really fantastic article that uh, we were talking about the the myths that persist yeah. about vaccines. Absolutely. Because every week we talk, well, about 14% of the population is just yep. not going to get yep. this vaccine no matter what. Right. And as it turns out, you know, the numbers of folks that have received the vaccine nationwide is about the 40% yep. number. So so how how do we move the needle? Yep. So the, the, these five myths that you're talking about was done uh, not in, in coordination with the CDC, but a Kaiser Foundation Right. And the first, I'll just mention the yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah, the Kaiser Family Foundation yeah, the Kaiser did a, did Family a, did a Foundation. big, big yeah. survey on this. But, and, yeah, let's talk about yeah, the five myths. Yeah, and it, and it indicated that 67% of that 14% right. actually believe one of these five myths, Dr. Right, Mark, right. which so I the, thought was interesting. So the majority of the people <laughs> who are not getting vaccinated yeah. believe one at least one, one yeah. or more of these myths. Yeah. All right, I, I want you, you hit up the first okay, one. Okay, the first one is you can get COVID-19 from the COVID-19 vaccine. Myth. Myth, myth, okay. Total. So you, myth. you cannot. And and did did you hear people talk about that just yeah, personally? Exactly. I, I did. Too. I have too. And uh, do you remember the one that the down in Miami, the school teacher, the director of a charter school, said if you've had the vaccine, you can't come to school yes, because if you stand on, yeah. next to somebody, you might get it. Yep. Yep. Do you remember absolutely. That? Yep. So so that's a good one. So again, you yep. know, reiterating that that a large that that's probably the number one that people talked about that they believe they might actually get it. And when you look at the groups that believe this this myth and some of the other ones, it's kind of spread across fairly evenly. Age groups and ethnic groups. Yeah, right. Yep. So so it's yep. not it's not poking it at, at what But at in one the time. first one, Dr. Mark, over 36% of unvaccinated adults either believe that statement or were not sure whether it was true or not. Right. Right. So that you can get yep. it from the vaccine. Yep. Yep. So why don't you read the second one? All right, see so where where are we at here? The second myth is that COVID-19 vaccines cause infertility. Right. And so this one I, I did hear early on as sort of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I haven't heard that I, one. I did not. Yeah. I okay. heard that, that whole conspiracy theory yeah. of oh, where, do the, where are these vaccines coming from? Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're trying. So, so, yeah, so no data to support. So that, well, believe that's it not. or not, 30% of unvaccinated people don't know whether that's true or not. Right, right. So they're they're still worried about yep. that. Yep. You know, I'd, I'd, start, I'd start wondering about the, yep. these vaccines, too. And the next one is... The COVID-19 vaccines contain fetal cells. Dr. Mark, you're probably going to have to explain that one. Right. So <laughs> so there are different technologies that use cultures of fetal cells okay. to produce, you know, produce drugs or study tumors. And years back, uh, it, it was actually banned. The use of, 
of these fetal cells. Is this similar to stem cells? Yeah, stem cells okay. can okay. come from fetal cells. Okay. And so, okay. So, so that this this practice of collecting new fetal tissue was banned. Mm-hmm. There are still banks of fetal tissue in, in laboratories, but this has nothing to do with this okay. vaccine at okay. all. So, so absolutely okay. nothing to do with nothing fetal cells. Do. Yep. This no. next one's a good one. <laughs> all right. So kind of along the same lines, yeah. right? The COVID-19 vaccines can change your DNA. Yeah. Now, myth. myth. That is a myth, <laughs> although I think a lot of us wouldn't mind changing our DNA a little bit if we could choose how to do it. But there, uh, okay. there, those technologies Believe it or not, 30% of unvaccinated people think that could be true. Yep, yep. So that's that's pretty amazing. That, that is so. So then, uh, let's see. Are we down to number number five? Uh, yep. You should not get the vaccine if you've already had COVID nineteen. Now that I've heard, a I've lot. heard that a lot. In uh, fact, if you remember last week, we talked about. I heard a newscaster mm-hmm. make the comment when they asked him on the five on Fox News, right. if you've had the vaccine, he said, oh, no, I had COVID. I don't need the vaccine. No, yeah, we Remember did. that? Yeah, that was, yeah, it was and the then congressman. He kinda, yeah, 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 the congressman. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then he mm-hmm. kind of took it back and right. said, you know, maybe I did, maybe yeah. I didn't. Right. But that was yeah, that was just that, supporting that, this myth. It does. And, yeah. and I think he was getting at the fact that he didn't need it. But this is saying right. that you shouldn't get right. it. And from an immune response I can see where a layperson might might lean that. So, so right, out of all right. these myths, yep. that's the one that I would spend the most time exactly. debunking. Yep. And, and I've the even way it's had my I've even heard many people in our own organization say, "Well, if I've had COVID, I really need to get the vaccine." Right, 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 right. Yeah. But but not that they're worried that something would happen if they got it. Right. So right, right. so and I think that you know if we look at other vaccines and the way this vaccine is set up, mm-hmm. I think early on you uh, even heard the thought that if you got the you got the Moderna vaccine, and then next time, if you happen to get the Pfizer vaccine, that that wouldn't be a problem either. Yep. And there were people out there that were saying, well, I, I'm going to get all the vaccines. And, right. and to be fair, right. Right. there's no need to do that. That does increase your yep. risk of, of side effects just statistically, but it's not right. the exposure to having having the virus in your body doesn't change. I you know, actually your heard yesterday on some news report that people are getting the Pfizer, and then they're going back and getting the Moderna. Yeah. Did you hear that yeah, as no, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, explain that one, Dr. Mark. Yeah, no, I mean... It's, Does that it's, really it's, do you any good? Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay. No, no it's not okay. going to do you any good. And, yeah. and at, at anything, it's just like taking, you know, two non-steroidal anti-inflammatories at the same time. You know, you're right. going to increase your chance of side effects of anything that you take just by taking more of it, but it, it doesn't. there doesn't seem to be any, any dangers involved. Right. But, you know, the bottom line is mm-hmm. we've learned a lot about these vaccines. We have. Um, they've saved... Many, many, many lives. America um, has been seriously educated over COVID-19. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think time will continue to teach us things both about the virus and, and the vaccines, how to it treat. Will. And we, it's not, it shouldn't be something that's discouraging. It's just the right. way things work. It's the way right. science plays out. Right. And so when I, when I hear these things being reported, it's as with everything, it's how it's being reported. Yep. And I think you and I just kind of went through these myths and yeah. got not to poke fun, but to say that, you know, listen, you know, if you're making this decision yep. to not get the vaccine, it, if it, well, it, it's, your, it's your right. Yeah. But, but you know, but, when but you got to think about, yeah, you know, think about, but in the, and the thing I think that's disturbing is 67% of unvaccinated adults believe one or more of these myths. No, it is. Yeah. And but, then when you break it down under 29, Sixty-five percent believe it, and then in within the black population, 
63% believe it, and within the Hispanic population, 66% believe it. Right, so it's like That's some it's serious spread, numbers. Right, it's spread yeah. equally throughout, <clears throat> so it's not a it's not a cultural issue, right. it's right. not a family history issue, but right. But I don't know. I think we've uh, we've sort of rocked the the vaccine we news. Have. We have probably time to take a deep breath and uh, we'll come back. We've got a great segment coming up. So uh, listeners, please hang in there, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. COVID nineteen impacting your practice? Patients visits down. Elective procedures pushed out. RX to Live provides a turnkey solution. Chronic care management. Remote patient monitoring medication management, behavioral health screenings. Interested? RxToLive.com. Better yet, call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859. 609-605-6859. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing. Pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar, you know, I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. Looking for affordable or professional video differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos. Sakatafilms.com, 407-860-3035. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Dr. Thomas, please report to the ICU. In every healthcare facility, there's an invasion underway. Pathogens are entering, colonizing, and infecting patients and caregivers, causing extended stays and readmissions. Many pathogens come in on shoe soles, grabbing a free ride into patient care areas and other sensitive locations. That's why there's Healthy Soul a UVC-powered medical technology that in just eight seconds kills up to 99.99% of the dangerous pathogens on the soles of footwear. The same effective UVC technology that decontaminates whole rooms can now target shoe soles. Independent clinical studies and lab testing prove it. Add Healthy Soul to your infection prevention practices today. Stop pathogen spread in its tracks. Healthy Soul. Visit Healthy Soul. That's healthy, S-O-L-E dot com today. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, healthy soul. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Life can be challenging, even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, isolated due to COVID, 
are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition, Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at 407-654-4433 or visit us on the web at counselingresourceservices.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Hope everybody's having a lovely afternoon and enjoyed our uh, little discussion about vaccines. So this is almost like a review show because we've talked about vaccines before. And now I want to uh, talk about something that we also discussed once before, and that was the first new Alzheimer drug in years. 20 years. Adahelm. Yep, Yep. Yep. 20 years. So so Adahelm, we, we discussed and we jumped right on it saying, hey, Fantastic. You know, this is a monoclonal antibody. This could be really good. It's going to be great. But, and it was the big $56,000 price tag. And that that hadn't, I think we were pretty fresh in the show when they had announced that when we talked about it. But it wasn't long before there was some significant pushback and discussion. It was breaking news when we talked about it. Exactly. Exactly. So now in Washington, there is a much more profound discussion about how a this drug may or may not work well, well there's a, and, there's a couple and, things and, let and me B, yeah, yeah let me yeah. throw this mm-hmm. in it you know the agency made this decision despite thin evidence according to the fda right. of the drug's clinical efficacy and despite potential serious side effects including brain swelling and bleeding right so so the fda and i was point out that that is who makes this decision yeah Yep. And so they did. They come. They looked at all the data yep. and said, "Okay, we're going to do it in these groups of early Alzheimer's folks." And so it was a fairly narrow. It, it wasn't just everyone who had Alzheimer's could could get this medication. That's right. That's right. But they narrowed, narrowed it down. I mean, you know, Alzheimer's is such a debilitating disease. I mean, mm-hmm. think about what really happens when your loved one or parent oh, sure. doesn't even recognize you anymore. Right. Right. And we both have been through that. Horrifying is that? Yeah, we've both been through right, that. Right. So yeah. I think when you come up with a treatment like this, yeah, people are excited. People are very excited, and yeah. rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. And even if, even with the restrictions on use, everybody's thinking, mm-hmm. well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get this for for my family member. Yep. But then you hear it's gonna cost you nearly five thousand dollars a month. Right. Right. And most people don't make five thousand dollars. And a add month. to that <laughs> what it's gonna cost to do the workup. Yep. So we mentioned this well, before. Well, they indicated that a total would be about $80,000 a year right, when you, you have consider to get your PET scans, imaging your, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, 80 grand right. a year. And who gets involved in that decision? Does the FDA have yeah. anything to do yeah. with the pricing? Yeah, the FDA's total authority deals with safety and eff- efficacy. And that's it. Not pricing. Right. Right. So they don't even know. I mean, presumably. They don't even look at it. Yeah. I mean, they're probably the way the uh, government works. They're probably not allowed to ask. Well, if you remember on one of our shows, we were talking about drug cost. I asked you, Dr. Mark, who decides how much a drug cost is going to cost? And you said, absolutely, the pharmacy, the pharmaceutical company. Right. They're the ones that said it. It's that simple. Right. And they look at Mark. They're looking at, you know, what it could possibly sell for. What is Mark? Right. Right. So the FDA doesn't look at these things. But. HHS? FDA reports to HHS. Exactly. Yep. And so when, when we talked about this medication, when we talked about this high price, the first person that I saw on television making a remark about this ridiculous number of yep. $56,000 a year was Mr. Becerra. Becerra. So the, the head, head of HHS. Head of HHS. That's right. So the FDA was not communicating with HHS. I mean, I can only, I can only assume that based on his very well put together statement. Right. And I think that 
is part of the overall problem. Yeah. Because if the if the pharmaceutical companies are the ones setting the price yep. and the FDA is saying you got to go, they, we've put out a medication yep. now that yep. who isn't going to be interested in this? Yep. Well, you know, it's interesting. One person stated it like this, and I really like the way it was stated. Medicaid, Medicare's passive cost-blind approach to approving drugs is wrong. Yeah. I like right, that. Right, I like that right. statement. No, and they don't. And and yep. source, and that's their payment of the drugs. So they right. don't even right. really look at the, the pricing. But we're talking about something that can completely bankrupt the right. system. It's not unlike with Obamacare coming to the state. When they talked about in the state of Florida accepting those new Medicaid folks in, right? Yep. If we had done so, our governor at the time stated that we would be bankrupt in two years if we had to put that exactly. much more money into Ex- the Medicaid program. Well, yeah, it would, well, that's right. And it would the Medicaid program alone would cost what our state budget here in Florida of $102 billion is. It would cost that, right, right. $100 billion, I mean, the, just the, Medicaid. And today it's 40% of that. So so where are we? So right mm-hmm. now we've, we've had this decision to approve out of helm. And it's it's almost assuredly going to increase the federal deficit, yeah. and it's going to squeeze state budgets. Yeah. It can it's going to add cost to see that eleven right. uh, extra eleven thousand dollars to people that have Medicaid right. Part B. Right. So well, how's well, it how's it actually going to happen? Well, here's what the CDC said. They said that cost is not a factor in our review or decision to cover a particular drug, but yet Medicare has to consider that cost because that's where the dollars come from. Right, right. But the CDC says that, yet yep. it is, are people entering themselves into poverty not an issue that the CDC should be concerned exactly. about? Exactly. I mean, well, and, well the and, bottom line is nobody's going to get this drug, Dr. Mark, because they can't afford it. Right, right. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, very, the very wealthy yeah. and the, you yeah. know, I mean, no, it, it's, not, yeah. it's not the excitement that we expected when they, when they announced that this right. was going to be out there. And, I mean, i got to tell you, I mean, it's really, it's really quite disappointing. And we also said at the end of the day, why is the drug cost so much? Yeah. And it, it was the the seven to ten billion dollars that Biogen expects to make on this medication. Yeah. Now I know they put yeah. millions and millions and millions of dollars into R&D, producing it. R&D, There's no yep. question, yep. but not billions and billions of dollars. No. Well, we asked the other day. You remember the the projected net profit of Biogen this year is seven billion dollars. Right. And I asked you last week. Does a company need to make seven billion dollars right. in profit off and, of one drug? And Biogen's had some had some tough breaks in the last few years, <laughs> yeah. and their stockholders are probably saying, "Yeah, they really exactly. do." But at the same time, the, the the overall message is, if the right hand's not talking to the left hand, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. we've got we've got to have better communication, yeah. and we have to have a better system on. Yes, we need to address these certain healthcare systems. Yeah. This, the, there are there's a problem. In every household yep. to address, no question. But, but we yep. have to prioritize, yep. and we need to know all the facts. If yep. we if we know what the technologies are that can yep. fix things, we also need to know if, if but, they're affordable. Right. And the but the way it is today, the FDA's decision was only supposed to be about the science. Right. Whether Adahem is safe and effective for treating Alzheimer's. Right. It had nothing to do with how we're going to pay for it or what it's going to cost. That's it. And I mean, is that system not broken? That's that's broken. I, it's I, a broken I, system. I, I, I I'm never at a loss for words, but and, for that one, yeah. I mean, I don't and have this. An answer. This particular drug alone could add billions of dollars to the Medicare system and potentially be more of a reason as to why we're going to bankrupt Medicare by 2024, 2026. 
I'm going to try to be an optimist and say maybe this will be a wake-up call because the legislature, all the legislators are looking at this. They think this is a great medication. I'm sure, you know, they have family members that that are going to be looking towards this, and maybe it'll change. Well, we need to go to break, but I do want to mention that uh, uh, if you want to hear our shows at times other than the Saturday afternoons, you can hear us on, uh, on Podbean, Apple Pods. Uh, you can hear us on iHeart mm-hmm. and TheAnswerOrlando.com or OrlandoMedicalNews.com. Yep. And so remember, if you do listen to us, click the button, like us, right. and uh, we'll, we'll be out uh, out a little more often. We'll be right back. Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us ipnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407 228 or 774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing. Pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar. You know, I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. Dr. Thomas, please report to the ICU. In every healthcare facility, there's an invasion underway. Pathogens are entering, colonizing, and infecting patients and caregivers, causing extended stays and readmissions. Many pathogens come in on shoe soles grabbing a free ride into patient care areas and other sensitive locations. That's why there's Healthy Soul, a UVC-powered medical technology that in just eight seconds kills up to 99.99% of the dangerous pathogens on the soles of footwear. The same effective UVC technology that decontaminates whole rooms can now target shoe soles. Independent clinical studies and lab testing prove it. Add Healthy Soul to your infection prevention practices today. Stop pathogen spread in its tracks. Healthy Soul. Visit Healthy Soul. That's healthy, S-O-L-E dot com today. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, Healthy Soul. Are improved patient outcomes valuable? Improved chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management, all without increasing practice workload or expenses. rx to live provides a turnkey solution. Interested? rx or call John Fogarty, 
609-605-6859. That's 609-605-6859. Life can be challenging, even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, isolated due to COVID, are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition, Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at 407-654-4433 or visit us on the web at counselingresourceservices.com. Let's talk about healthcare issues, surprise billing, navigating a confusing market, healthcare now. The truth about U.S. healthcare, Saturday afternoons, 1 to 2 p.m., a.m. 950, F.M. 94.9. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing, pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar, you know. I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I am enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cv. Life can be challenging, even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, isolated due to COVID, are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition, Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at 407-654-4433 or visit us on the web at counselingresourceservices.com. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Orlando Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. Let's talk about healthcare issues, surprise billing, navigating a confusing market, healthcare now. The truth about U.S. healthcare, Saturday afternoons, 1 to 2 p.m., a.m. 950, FM 94.9. Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. And again, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, we were jumping around a little bit. I think we wanted to talk uh, again about a review discussion on United Healthcare. Right. Right. If you recall, United uh, said that they were going to review all ER claims yep. for potential denial of payment. Right. Right. And they wanted fifty-five uh, percent of all these ER visits to be reduced, it costing them an additional thirty-two billion dollars a year. And now they've come and saying that we want all of our members. At least 55% of our members to receive imaging services at freestanding imaging by the end of 2030. At least they're given time on that one. You know, yeah. on, the, on the ER stuff, that was, it was the, the end of this it year. It was the end of this year. Yeah, that's right. And, and they haven't come out to say once they determine that it's not done the way they want it to be done, 
who's paying for it. So right. here, they want to see 55% of their radiology service done in, in freestanding right. clinics, not in hospitals. Right. So But what there's happens, more. That's on the imaging. That's on the imaging, on right? On the outpatient surgery, they want 55% done outside the hospital by the end right. of this year. Now, let me sort of back up a little Let's bit and say that, yeah. that this is a great idea. No question. This is one of the one of the answers to that four trillion dollar. It's almost it's almost like force your kids to eat something that they don't like, but it's good for them. It's good for them, right? Right. <laughs> well, right. you know, but I don't think I think that patients are going to like that outpatient delivery. It's more convenient. It is. It's, it's costless. It's, it's a uh, it, it's smaller government, if you will. It is. And you know, and I think that patients are going to like it, yep. and it is going to save a lot of money. Yep. So, but I'll, then I'll jump forward like okay that this is this is one way to do that all right so if the payers are going to get tough on this mm-hmm. that this is one way to direct clients to do the right thing yes. but you know uh you know united's taken a, a big hit because they're the forerunner in in instigating some of these value-based moves right and they're taking a big hit from the american hospital association and and uh, the American health insurance plans right. and everybody else. I, but I can yeah. only imagine that the other commercial insurers, they're going to follow they're suit. Follow. If because, they see that United pulls this off, they're going to follow right. suit. So, so yeah. as as the listeners who've been with us since mm-hmm. the beginning know, our organization IPN, yeah, you know, we do value based care. We do this and, every and, day, and we work yeah. with Cigna and Blue Cross Blue Shield, yeah. and that's how we achieve the the Shared stats savings. that that, yeah. that that they yeah. want us to do. Yeah. So, so everybody's winning in that scenario, mm-hmm. uh, but. But we're doing it kind of quietly compared to this. This is, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I like, I haven't decided. Well, I, you know, it. this is exactly where value-based care needs to go. Absolutely. Everybody knows that our existing health care system's cost is unsustainable, Dr. Right. Mark. Right. And we've got to come up with, it's the right care at the right place for the right cost. Absolutely. And this is really what United's right. trying to do. And, and I realize they're the leader and they're getting hit hard by the American Hospital Association trying to to offset this saying, you know, you can't take our patients outside the hospital, right. but they certainly can. They're their members. Yeah, and they are. <laughs> and, and they are they are responding by building surgery centers and building some of these outpatient pieces. But that that changes things because they right. can still charge hospital facility fees for these yeah. services. Mm-hmm. So that's the next step yeah. that the commercial payers are going to say. They're going to have yeah. to say outpatient is Based on where right, it is, not right. based on who owns the building. Yeah, and you know, even aside to this, all the healthcare insurance companies, they've put a waiver in under value-based care. You know, it used to be you had to be in the hospital three days before you could go to a SNF, a skilled nursing facility, right. afterwards. Yep. You know, they've waived all that now. Right. And and now you can go to a, a right outpatient away. facility and they want to get you out as quick as they right. can. The, the payers do. So Medicare yeah. is, has made some pretty quick, smart changes on things they like have. that. Like in the beginning, if you were going to have a joint replacement at an outpatient facility, you still right. you, or you couldn't at an outpatient yeah. facility. You had to spend the night in the hospital. Exactly. And the yep. orthopedic surgeons yep. out there had advanced the technology enough yep. that they you could go home same you can day. Go home same day. So yep. for a while, I you, knew you I knew see surgeons it all the time. That, yeah, yeah. 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 For a while, I, yeah. I saw surgeons that that took all their commercial payers to an outpatient facility mm-hmm. and all their Medicare payers to the hospital. Which is just counterintuitive. So you're paying more for that plan yeah. that that we're all paying for. Well, the thing about it is, if you want your copay to be four to five times more, do it in the hospital. Right. It's right. that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And and anything yeah. that that demands an Whatever overnight stay. Yeah. 
you know, so 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 they did. They made they made that change. Mm -hmm. And I know that we'll probably talk about some of the Medicare changes, you know, and and more more home care based Mm -hmm. things. But that's a different method. So with United coming out. I, I like to say I, I think I think maybe I like it. Yeah. I don't well, know. We'll, well have to know, see where un, it goes. United is under the Medicare Advantage. You know, we've we've talked about straight Medicare, Medicare right. Advantage, and yeah. then Medicare Medicaid dual. Right. And uh, Medicare Advantage enrollment in 2018 topped 20 million and has continued to increase year over year. Remind our listeners about Medicare okay. Advantage. Medicare Advantage is what they consider Medicare HMO. Right. Normally, it's a private insurance company that has a contract with CMS, the Centers for Medicare Medicaid, to provide care for selected members who check who select that product. Right. So basically, they get a budget. Yep. They know they're going to get paid a certain amount. They get of dollars paid a cap amount per cap month. Amount. That's right. So, so they are motivated for this value-based care, without a doubt. Right. And this is again a very positive thing about the system. And here's where we cross over commercial payers and government payers because yep, exactly. they become. Almost one in the same by surrogate. And, you know, being in being what we do, because we have five Medicare Advantage at-risk contracts mm-hmm. within our IPN group, across the country now, to complicate the problem, there are over 37 different Medicare Advantage plan options as that of 2019. Choose, that, that people can choose from. And, again, I mean, you don't you have choose? them all in every state. No. But, you know, we went through that. It's about what do you need as a family, right. uh, as elderly but that the interesting part is today there are about 28 million Medicare Advantage plans or mm-hmm. Medicare members out there, right. beneficiaries they call them. But by 2025, which is just four short years, they're expecting it to grow to 38 million and a expenditure over 500 billion dollars annually in Medicare. Right, right. and that's without out of health. And and it, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll double. Yeah. The interesting is there are about 60 million Medicare beneficiaries out there today, whether they're straight Medicare, Medicare Advantage, or Medicare, Medicaid mm-hmm. dual. Right. And 38 million of those by 2025 will be the in advantage. some type of an HMO plan. Right. And that's been, I think, with most of the states, they've done that with Medicaid as well, is they've gotten HMO commercial plans right. that have taken, taken right. come to risk. And it and it's, I, you know, it's an interesting point because you get a lot of folks that say, you know, what we need is a single payer system of socialized right, medicine. Right, right. But the reality is Medicaid and Medicare, which are the would be that system. Those are the government. They're, they're plans, actually yeah. farming out the administration of all these programs. Right. They're actually looking to say, yeah. OK, if you can do it for this amount of money, right. then then you can do it. Right. But, you know, the interesting part, one of the reasons people pick a Medicare Advantage plan is, number one, you get a few more benefits than you do on straight Medicare. And you also you get more of a. Uh, on-site care and managing your chronic illnesses. And I thought it was interesting. There was a J.D. Power showed mixed results when it comes to patient engagement in Medicare Advantage members with their health plans. The portion of individuals that actually log into their Medicare portal reached 78% in 2020, but in fact only 55% of Medicare beneficiaries reported to be actively involved in their care management. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting, yeah, the, Dr. Mark. P- portal access has been, that, that's actually a pretty great number, like and, 78%. And, but, but, but 55 but actually, 55, actually yeah. and it's decreasing. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. it that is a very hard, there's everybody's, you have your hospital portal, you have your insurance portal. That's right. You might have a portal with your primary care physician. Right. So I think that that's something that is as frustrated seniors yeah. Who yeah. aren't exactly 
portal friendly as it is. Well, and, and it's interesting when they looked at those numbers, the 55 percent that actually do access their care management portal are in the ages of 65 to 75. Once you get over 75, they're not doing people it. aren't accessing right. at all. And yeah. isn't that where all the chronic illnesses right. create a problem? Right. And I think that's where <laughs> Medicare homebound issues are really going to come no come question. abroad and no we've question. got to, it's got to it's got to be more face to face when everything has gone post covid to less face to face that's going to be a segment of our healthcare yep. needs that that isn't going to right. change right you know and then there were a couple other things dr mark that i wanted to mention mm-hmm. uh, on june 21st cms released a report about enrollment trends that showed and you talk about single payer system right showed that 80 million individuals now receive health care through either Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program. 80 million. Wow. And, and the interesting part is there were 10 million more members signed up for Medicaid and CHIP, the Children's Insurance Program, between February of 20 and January of 2021. So That's pe- what COVID did to right. us. Right. So people lost their yep. jobs. Yep. They lost, yep. their, they lost yep. their health insurance. Yep. And so they... They became. They may not have qualified for the chip program before, but now if right. their income drops, right. they do. And then, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, we talk about Part D drugs. We talked about out of him this morning and the cost. And, right. And remember, we've talked about this in the in the past shows. Nearly 125 of the highest Medicare Part D drugs actually lacked any available cost effectiveness, and more than 125 additional drugs had data that did not meet minimum standards when it comes to quality. So is that just because historically they were there? I mean, and I mean, how, how does I this happen? I think it means that, I mean, think about it. I remember when my dad came to live with us eight years ago before he passed away, he was on 11 different meds. Right. My wife, being a critical care nurse, took him to the doctor and said, this is ridiculous. He's walking around like a zombie. When my dad passed away at age 93, he was on one blood pressure pill. That's it. So they were and better, he was better, very better care, better communication. That's what we're talking about. Yep. People are on drugs that don't need it. Yep. No, that makes sense. You know. All right. Well, we are about ready yep. for our third break. Um, let me just give out yep. our our phone number and our good. email good. because we good. do welcome questions. Yep. Uh, we try to answer them on the on the following show mm-hmm. since we aren't doing this live at this point. Right. Uh, but you can reach us at four zero seven seven zero one seven four two four or email us at healthcarenow at orlandomedicalnews.com. And Dr. Mark, when we come back, we've got a couple of patient testimonies we want to talk about. Sounds great. We'll be right. right back. It's not really a long surgery. The recovery time was practically nothing. Pretty much a piece of cake. I look at my scar as my battle scar, you know. I won the battle. Went from death's door to I'm me again. I... I'm enjoying life. I can count on tomorrow. Barostim is an option for heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. To learn more about the therapy and important safety information, please visit www.cvrx.com. Looking for affordable or professional video differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos. Sakatafilms.com, 407-860-3035. Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education. 
accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. Orlando Medical News, Central Florida's primary choice for professional healthcare news since 2005. Interested? Check out our website at orlandomedicalnews.com or give us a call at 407-701-7424. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Larry, as we exited last time, mm-hmm. you mentioned you had a couple of patient stories. Yes. And I know our listeners enjoy those, so I'm right. going to let you run with that. Okay. Uh, there was a couple uh, up north that uh, had been on Medicare for a little while, and the wife was seeing her f- physician regularly as a primary care. In mid-May, she paid her April bill so that it had a zero balance after the payment. In mid-May, she needed to reschedule her May appointment for June, and when she called the doctor's office, they told her that due to a large balance, they were not going to see her until the balance was paid. Wow. One office visit was over $1,700. Man. She, the husband called the office and was told that her insurance denied the claim. Now, you got to remember, she was on Medicare. Right. So he made a call to CMS to Medicare to find out why they were not paying her claims. Well, comes to find out for this particular physician, they hadn't paid her claims since 2014. <laughs> now, this is 2021. Right. And, and the reason was that back in 2014, she was in an automobile accident and had to see a chiropractor for a few visits because of her neck and back. And Medicare canceled and, and her claims the closed the claim and denied all the claims because that issue wasn't addressed. Well, uh, this guy spent two and a half hours on the phone the first day. On the second day, another two hours to get this corrected with CMS and Medicare so that her claims would be paid. And they paid them all and she was good. But his comment was, I feel sorry for people that do not know how to get these kinds of issues resolved. Yeah, because, I mean, it was the, so this was basically a, a paperwork issue. Yeah, that, but it, that somebody but, dropped the ball. And so why didn't they tell her for seven years at the doctor's office her claims weren't being paid right. by Medicare? <laughs> she gets an EOB. Right. You know. No, that's crazy. And they were all being denied. Yep, yep. Uh, <clears throat> no, that, you know, the moral of this story is read your EOBs when you get them yeah, from yeah, Medicare. Because yeah. no. it was showing all those claims were being denied. Right, right. But then, But then you know if you have Medicare... That they're not. So that's I right. mean, that's so, right. but we've talked about this. We talk about people being able to pick up the phone and question their claims, pick up the phone and talk yep. to the doctor's office, yep. talk to the hospitals, Absolutely. and in this case, talk to Medicare yep. and find out. And and I think they're you know they have online access that's fairly accessible. So you've got to stay on top of that. It is it, it it's a burden though, isn't it, Larry? Yep. Oh, it's it, I mean, well, just to get in touch with Medicare is a there's a Medicare hotline, but Come on, seven years of claims that somebody dropped the ball on that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a tough one. I I actually put that not only on Medicare, but on the physician practice as well. No, they did because they 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 were seeing seeing this client for seven years 
and, and never and, tell them the claims. Finally, they finally paid. hit some level of well, we're not going to see you again because yeah. you owe us too, too much yeah. money. Well, no. I mean, the claims that went to PIP, which is personal right. injury protection, right. which was probably covered by whoever hit her. Right. And and then Medicare stopped paying those claims because they were alerted to the subrogation of the PIP. And so they quit paying those claims. That's a big word, That's subrogation. That's how that worked. <laughs> That's how that worked, yeah. yeah. Subrogation meaning yeah, right. they go back and get paid from whoever needs to pay yeah, the claim. Who, Who's responsible? Right. So yeah, once yeah. once they saw Good that, point. they just shut They just shut, they shut them off. down. But okay. seven years, come on, this, no. that's just somebody really dropped yeah, the ball no, on that one. Bad. But again, it was interesting that this uh, this couple were able to figure this out. And they got it all, it all squared away and yep. got it cleared. But, but he, you know, his comment was... People yeah. need to understand. You need to take care of this as it happens. Right, right. Not, it, not it, it gets it definitely yeah. gets harder with time. Yeah. And then I've got a more interesting uh, patient one as well. Okay, man fell off a ladder cutting his arm, and he found himself at <clears throat> Richmond's Virginia Chippen, Chippenham Hospital, surrounded by a dozen nurses, doctors, and technicians. It's crack trauma team, right? Charged with saving the most badly hurt victims of assault and and accidents. But Knight's wound, which required 30 stitches in his arm, it was a gash in his arm, wasn't life-threatening. In fact, hospital records called it mild. The people in the white coats quickly scattered, he remembered, and he went home about three hours later. It was just a gash in his arm, he said. The emergency team that they assembled didn't do anything. Nevertheless, a couple weeks later, he got a bill for over $17,000 that was considered an activation trauma fee included in his bill of over $52,000, Dr. Mark. Now, this is for a cut on his arm. Right. This reminds me of the helicopter story. Exactly. Exactly. And also, the bill included three CT scans at $14,000. Now, the issue here is that $52,000 bill for a cut arm falling off his ladder should have cost more like $3,500 in the ER, right? according to the claims consultant that did this. Health, HCA's health care activation fees run as high as $50,000 per patient and are sometimes 10 times greater than other hospitals, according to public pricing. Right. We didn't mention, so this was we the HCA hospital, HCA hospital up, up in, in Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. Yep. And it's interesting that such charges have made trauma centers once operated mainly by established teaching hospitals, a key part of their company profit oh, as they strategize. And by the way, in this same period, HCA stock doubled in three years. Well, it probably would if anybody paid those yeah. bills. Yeah. I could see that happening, right? Yeah. And it's interesting that the biggest U.S. operator of trauma centers is the Department of Veteran Affairs, and the second one is HCA, and they have opened these trauma centers and activated these trauma teams in over 179 of their hospitals. And it says it runs one of every 20 such facilities in the country. Right. And so they've, they've actually found this sweet spot where, so a, lo- a lot of the level one trauma centers have challenges in, in getting their big big bills paid. Because you mentioned that earlier, the PIP, so a lot yep, of automotive yep, injuries. Right. So, right so you've got that, that amount yep. of money, $10,000 or $20,000, yep. that goes right. to that first biller. And then the money runs out. Well, if you're a not a level one, but you're a level two yeah. trauma center, which I right. suspect, and I didn't do any research on this, so I could could be incorrect, but I suspect that a number of these HCA facilities are not level one, but they're some level two. Some of them two. are, and some of them are twos. Yeah. 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 So, so they have found a way 
that that they're more likely to get paid. Yeah. But but it is all and uh, but, so the but, listeners I mean, that don't do know you, the helicopter story. Remember, yeah, there was a yeah. forty. That, that was an HCA that was hospital too. That was the that was an Orlando. Hospital. Oh, it was an Orlando hospital. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so, but it was a flight, a forty five thousand dollars flight. So for an eight for an eight minute helicopter ride. So this goes back to the idea where United says, if you go to the emergency room and you didn't need to, we're not paying for it. Who's going to pay for it? So in this case, someone made the decision based on criteria that that are that they printed would activate out, the trauma team. It, so yep. so yep. is that the patient's responsibility? Good question. So I mean it it is I mean you can well, you can see the, the goal how, it here. It doesn't say how he cleared this bill, right? It just says they got the bill. Well, I'm saying is it yep. the patient's is it re, is the patient responsible for having that activation? Now I can't expect you know, you can't have somebody yep. in dire need of this and say, yep. hey, do you approve this? Yep. But at the same time, and again, ties back into Abdelhelm. Yeah, these are yep. these are therapies that are important. They're strategized to make sure you have the best outcomes, right. and they cost right. money. But is there a reason that some of right. these charges are 10 times as much in one hospital yeah. system as they are in another? And I think the other issue, Dr. Mark, is the activation fee of $17,000 for a trauma team that never really went into action. How do you put that on a bill right. if it wasn't utilized? You know, I, I want to I take this story and jump into something that, that I don't know if we can finish okay. it all today. Good, sure. But I want to talk a little bit about medical debt. Okay, because that's, good, that's good. what these things create, right? That's exactly what so, these create. So medical debt is is a uniquely American problem. Yes. And and it, uh, senior editor Adrian Belmont has put out mm-hmm. a, a thing in, in Yahoo Finance, which uh-huh. was really interesting because she states that that there's the, ima- the amount of debt is something that you never would imagine, Larry. That's right. I mean, we're looking at, what is it, $49 billion? 21 million Americans hold $46 billion in medical debt as of April of this year. Right. So if you do the quick math, which we didn't do, we yep. did the long math, yep. with that, each each person has about an average of $2,200 of right. medical bills. That's right. right? Of those 21 of that million 21 people. million people. So this is a huge problem. I well, mean, ER visit is the number one reason for medical debt. Yes. I mean, that makes sense because yeah. you're not, right. you don't have any choice. Especially if they're charging you for a $17,000 trauma team that didn't touch you. Or a $45,000 <laughs> helicopter flight. Helicopter, right. That, that really right. boosts that, that average up there. <clears throat> so, so those are things that, that have to be addressed. And the, this actual article was actually a mm-hmm. nice article in that, well, it pointed out a number of things. Medical debt is the number one cause of bankruptcy in the yep, United States. Absolutely. And I probably, I don't know that I would have guessed that. You know, I mean, I mean, I guess I because you and I have never had that problem. Right. Right. I mean, but I but I look at folks that, you know, overspending and the housing market and all all those issues that came up. But but this has probably been tried and true for decades that medical debt. Well, we've we've edged up to almost eleven thousand dollars per capita for every American. The cost of health care in the U.S., which is almost twice the next countries, which is Germany, the Netherlands and Australia. Well, far behind. But, you know, Dr. Mark, I think the thing that that we really need to look at here is what I think has to happen is we really need to take a look at our health care system at large and think about the financing part of it. Are p- people really insured in a way they need to be? Yeah. And why are we allowing people to have health insurance plans that they can't afford? Yeah, it's like, again, like the yeah. mortgage market. Exactly. Like, like how, how can we in let the, that in happen? The, in the 05s area. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, you know, we're, we're allowing people to have health insurance plans that they can't afford, meaning that their deductibles and coinsurance are higher than their income. Yeah. 
No, that's that's a huge problem. That's, that's ridiculous. A huge problem. And 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 something that the ACA is not changing. No, I, I do want to mention that mm-hmm. in this article, like one of the main points was mm-hmm. a, a group called RIP Medical Debts. Yes, uh, they they are actually a charity that goes out and pays off some of the medical debt. And I just thought it was a great charity to mention, a great idea. Mm-hmm. They they talk about one group where they they basically pay ten cents on the dollar, and they get folks yep. out of debt. That's so that's right. that's, that's pretty right. exciting. That's very exciting. Well, that was a uh, pretty energetic day, Larry. I mean, I think we covered a lot Enjoyed of topics. I hope people liked it. Yep, I think so. I need to uh, go over this week's sponsors. First, we have Angela Maza Dio of the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Metabolic Center for Wellness.com is their, the email address there. Big thank you to uh, Larry for being here mm-hmm. at Independent, Independent, I can't even go through this, Independent mm-hmm. Physicians Network. Right. And I'm Dr. Mark with Pediatric Surgery PA. Our advertising partners are Diana Sacato with Sacato Films, John Fogarty with RX to Live, Thought Swift, April and Larry, I'm sorry, April and Mary Catherine with Counseling Resources, and John Kelly at the Orlando Medical News. And John's not here today, and so he can listen to uh, me fumbling through this. That's okay. And and I'll do better next time. (laughs) Larry, any final thought for our audience? Take time to become an informed healthcare consumer. That's what this show is all about. It's one of the best ways to protect your family. And one other note, as a child, take care of your elderly parents. It's very important. Very well said, Larry. See you next week, Dr. See you next week. You feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to theanswerorlando.com.